Welcome to the second edition of the Peach Moonshine Drink Show. And this is right. the drive-by. No, that was too quick. Is, that was too quick. It is currently uh, 625 on Sunday, December 5th. And it is a nice, cozy day outside. Not too cold or, not too cold or warm here. And uh, I'm sipping on a nice one-third mix of that peach moonsh of this Georgia moon. For me, it's like 14 bucks for a for a 750 milliliter mason jar, and uh, this really bad Walmart cream soda. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. How about you? Yeah, so it's it's a uh, 5:25 here in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. It was it was pretty warm today for at least for early december it was like in the mid or upper 70s at the the peak here had that um, a couple days ago Feels i am hot. also yeah it was definitely too hot um i'm also sipping on this uh georgia moon peach moonshine mixed with a cream soda uh it was 15 bucks for me so it's about the same i guess i was gonna go get some cream soda today and uh because i'm a cultured southern gentleman these days uh I didn't go to Walmart. I went to the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, you have Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> I don't have Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, yeah. I live in a small. Uh, I live in a small town. Though. If I lived in a size the, if I lived in a town the size of like Birmingham, I bet I'd have something besides Walmart, which you know, yeah, sucks balls. Hate Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. It's not a. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate Walmart, but the Piggly Wiggly is like right down the hill from me, and I'm like, I don't. I don't really want to go anywhere today. Yeah. How's your drink? So, it's it's actually. It's not bad. Uh, I ended up getting the A and W cream soda because Piggly Wiggly doesn't have like their own brand, um, and this was like the only one where I could just get like a little small bottle of it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Yeah, I expect it to be a lot worse, but it's just got you know kind of a nice peach vanilla flavor to it. Do you like? Do you like the drink overall? I give it uh, a, a six out of ten. Like only I'm not mad a at six. it. Only a six. Yeah, wow. I'm not mad at it, but like, would I? Would I make it for myself just uh, on a regular day? Probably not. Dang. Probably. I can see what you mean about it, uh, like sneaking up on you though, because you can't really taste it until it's already going down. You can just kind of feel the the not even a burn, just a little bit of a warm. Yeah, I don't even feel that warm. I I just drink on it and sip it like a. Uh... Like it's any other drink, really. I mean, I, I I'm even doing a little heavier of a mix right now, but I don't have that uh that crisp that other the other moonshine. That oh we yeah, talked about. that is the <laughs> most vile shit on the planet Earth. And I okay, so I mixed that with a lemon lime soda, and it was God. Wait, do you want Do you want to tell the listeners the name the name of like is, the brand that is, you got? I don't know what it is. It's like a Tennessee whiskey and it's called blue flame that's all you need to know is it's called blue flame <laughs> it is the most vile shit on this freaking planet i have never been i it has been a very long time since i've been blatantly disgusted by a drink and i and i only put a normal amount of liquor in it you know like um maybe a shot and a half of uh of alcohol into a normal size like pint glass and mix the rest with lemon lime it is the most vile. It is the. It is disgusting. I am. I don't. I can't remember because I. I also just have a tendency to get cheap bourbon, and I don't mind cheap bourbon because it either has like a really charcoaly taste, or um, 
or or some a weak smoke. I have had some good bourbons, but like I have never been this unbelievably pronounced, just disgusted <laughs> by any drink. It has been years since I have been disgusted by a drink, and I I feel like I've been ripped off. It was probably like twenty four dollars <laughs> for a, for a mason jar of it, and I will never. I probably am done straying away from my moonshine flavors, even though that the one I normally drink and like is really light and it really only lasts like a week and a half. I, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is unholy, unholy. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the thing is like <laughs> that Tennessee Valley, like they actually, they make some decent moonshines. Like I know they have, uh... I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know they have like a, a salted caramel one. I want to say I would uh, love that. I I would have bought it if I saw it at the store. <laughs> I saw... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we because I went up to Tennessee a while ago and uh, at like this sort of I guess it was kind of like an amusement park kind of area. Uh, they had like a little booth or they they had their own building, um, but it was sort of a smaller building. And uh, they had all the different flavors and we got to sit down and uh, try a bunch of them. Like they would pour you like a little, maybe half a shot or something, probably of like four or five different kinds. And um, oh, it's Old Smoky. That's that's what this old is. Smoky, like, yeah, old yeah, smoky. Old Smoky. Old Smoky yeah. Blue Flames. Don't ever buy a blue <laughs> moonshine bottle, you dumbass. It does not taste like blueberries. It tastes like just tastes like terrible. But yeah, go on. There's a lot of these that look really good. Like there's a there's a pumpkin pie one. There's a mm, strawberry yeah. one. I remember that was in the store. It's strawberry. I didn't feel like I would like that. I don't I know why I picked cucumber blue one flame. or something. Because the title, you're like, oh, blue flame. That's interesting. What could that taste like? There's uh, mountain, mountain Java. That looks kind of could be. That good. one was okay. It was okay. There's, there's the normal corn whiskey flavor, you know, original or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm sure there's. Ooh, there's this one, with, but it ha- actually has real peaches in it. So there's a peach flavor one with real peaches. There's a. There's a. This might just be pickles and peaches that they sell. I, I'm not really sure if it's like a. Liquor. Maybe it was pickle. Um. Yeah, there's there's a jar of pickles on here that I see. There's. Whatever yeah, that I, I wouldn't want to try that. That one was good. That one was good. Oh yeah, that that would probably be good. Yeah, I would. But, I would love to go to Tennessee. That sounds like a really fun time. It was nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's like a whole area that's sort of in the mountains, kind of. Um, most people go to to Gatlinburg. Uh, I think I was in like Sevierville or something like that. Sevierville, Tennessee. But it's all like. It's all like these like cabins for people to take vacations in and the whole town kind of like sprung up around that, I feel like, because it's just a bunch of like restaurants and retail and stuff outside of that. Were you in Western or Eastern Tennessee? I want to say it was Eastern Tennessee. Um, I think it was about Tennessee looks very nice. It was maybe like a four and a half or four or five hour drive from Birmingham. Um, So not terrible on topic. I just want to say, when are we going to stop this trend of, of putting liquor in mason jars? Because I tried to pour a shot, just one shot of this peach stuff. Uh, it's not, drink. yeah, no. It, it just went everywhere. I know. I don't like that either. They need to lip, they need to make a lip on the side of it. But then, like, how are you going to screw it on? 
I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel I like I got to buy like, I feel like I got to buy like some kind of nozzle to like pour this out of because I can't figure out like, unless you're just dumping it into a glass, I, I can't figure out how to, how to even use it. This is terrible. I could probably think of a way. The thing is, is that they don't, they definitely don't make their own mason jars. Well, I, you're I an engineer, so you, you got to have like some kind of like funnel just sitting around somewhere. The thing is, is that you could make the glass in such a, you could, yeah, I'll funnel for that. You could make the glass in such a way where uh, it has a lip on the side of it, but you had, yeah. you'd have to like concave the entire top. I, I just think they just buy whatever cheap mason jars are around because there's a lot. And, and I mean, again, this was like what, like $14, $15. So, like, you know, true, true. Maybe so, maybe I mean, I'm looking at where Gatlinburg is on the map and it's like right on the, on the mountainside. Like in, yeah, it's pretty damn cool. I gotta say, I I know Eastern Tennessee because one of the uh, one of the labs that I somewhat work with is out there, and it's a pretty well known one. And uh, I haven't been there, but I've seen a lot of pictures of like the area, and it looks very nice. Knoxville's really nice as well, but I don't see where Sevierville or what that. I I don't know where, where that would be. If that's even the right name for it. Or There's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. So I don't know. So this All week right. we watched uh, we watched a movie. What movie was it? We watched Nomadland this week, and uh, I got some thoughts on it. I uh, I'll let so, you go first. I'll let you go first. On so a uh, little bit of background. Nomadland was probably one of the four movies that came out in 2020. And it won Best Picture because it was the best of the four movies. And, <laughs> and um, I, so it basically follows a story about a girl named Fern who uh, starts off uh, working at an Amazon center that is in the middle of a, of a very large Western-ish kind of wasteland where there are a lot of people that also live in a trailer near that fulfillment center or something or, or some sort of center some sort of manufacturing production center and uh she just kind of gets fed up of that because she 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 doesn't like working at it and and she was just kind of doing it to pay some of the bills and a lot of these people that do it they are nomads and they are very free travelers they go all over the the expanse of the west of the mississippi and you know, I'm not going to give like a whole summation, but it's it basically kind of follows her whole life as she goes, not her whole life, it's kind of a, 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 a caption in time. And she's going all over, she's gone, you know, she goes up to South Dakota at some at, at points and then back down to this camping, tr- like uh, this community of uh, in Quartzsiteville, Quartzsite, I think that's what it was called. You actually got the names. I didn't. I didn't know where they actually were outside of. Uh, I think uh, you know later in the movie. I think they're in the Badlands. Yeah, that's in South uh, Dakota. I would love to go there, but that's yeah. yeah. I saw that. Outside so, of that, I had no idea where they were the entire I, movie. I don't <laughs> think they went to a, a many. There was one part where she just she does go on the coast, and uh, it's probably pretty well um, assumed that it's California. That it's the that it's the Pacific Coast of California. They don't really show a whole lot of it. It's more like in like um, like in passing that she just kind of goes there to clear her head and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think and I remember that. Yeah. I think what a lot of the movie boils down to, and this is spoilers, kind of real spoilers coming ahead, thematic spoilers. 
Well, that... okay. I, I want to say, though, that I, I don't think there's really any way to give spoilers on this movie because th- what there wasn't really a plot. I no, there's not. It's, it's, <laughs> re- it's really like a case study sort of movie where yeah. it follows this one person as things go on and she's just kind of at ends the whole time. She's, you know, it's a very, very, it's a, it's a modern adaptation of the Dust Bowl. That's what this boils down to is that it's a modern adaptation of Dust Bowl. They start off there's, but, but, but in this instance, the quote unquote catastrophe is not, is not, is not natural. It's, it's, it's completely man-made. These, these people have just completely become detached, disenfranchised. They don't want to work towards this, this corporate America that has just come. I mean, and this is the, where it really drives home was like the very beginning. You know, you see all these people that are working at this Amazon, this Amazon center, and they're all, you know, this giant, large cafeteria of people having lunch and meeting each other. And everyone else is just really poor. And no one is, uh, you know, everyone's just in it for the, for the amount of money, which is described as kind of good. And if that's relative, it probably, I mean, it probably is relative. It pays probably pays better than, you know, working a gas station or cleaning toilets at a gas station or being a chef, which are, you know, in these, in these small bars and restaurants that are out West, which we see throughout points in the movie that there are some people that are working. One, one point that really struck me was when the man's son, uh, you know, Fern was at this restaurant with a man's working and, She's kind. You're kind of already entrenched in how deep she is in working like these small jobs. Perhaps you feel a little romanticized in that she's working like these small jobs. And this guy is the son of one of the chefs who's working hard behind like the behind the, in, in the kitchen. And he's just like, wow, this place sucks. You know, oh, he made a burger for me. Thanks a bunch. You know, he's just very, very entitled and. Mm-hmm. He, he has absolutely no respect. He's like, oh, I, I would hate to live in a place like this. And you see all of this. There's just this very large sense of community in what these sort of people are doing. These nomads are doing, you know, that you, they all fend for themselves and they all are self-sufficient. That's like kind of what people would like to do is they want to be self-sufficient and they want to completely have their own. And, and in, in their world, self-sufficient is being able to afford, you know, your own house and not having to work, you know, cause they, they just don't want to contribute when they were, there was one point where they're around sharing campfires, campfire stories. And this girl, you know, was telling, I, I forget if it was her husband or her dad or her neighbor or someone, you know, a male that a male that she knew that he was like 10 days away from retirement or something. And they found out he had brain cancer and the the boat in his driveway that he had worked his entire life to get was, was pointless because he never got to enjoy it. He never got to live. He never retired early enough to enjoy the, the fruits of his labor that he spent decades working towards, which is, which is a big, another big part of the movie is that these, that, it essentially is driving home that there is a there is a there is a very large amount of freedom, and it is it is also a very Americana movie. There are there yeah, are so definitely. many there are so many like 
it is a big part of Americana to explore and be a pioneer and trailblaze and completely vast off into the unknown. And that's kind of where these people, they're far, far closer to it than those that are slaving away in corporate America. It's not easy. That's kind of what it also gets at is that it's just not easy. You know, when Fern's, um, when her RV breaks down and, you know, she goes to the mechanic and she gets quoted at some ridiculous amount of money. And she's just like, I don't have that money. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you know, pleading back to her community. I forget it wasn't swanky or if it was someone else, you know, that she had been friends with, you know, that she's like, she, she falls back and there's, and you can see that there's a lot of conflict there, that it's not easy. These people are really on the edge of, um, they're not on the edge of like insanity or anything, but there there's conflict and there's people are a lot more on edge when they're not as well off. That's, that's another thing is that that the acting and all of that really drives it home. It's because Fern obviously gets displeased at a lot of really small things and that she has to put all this work into like break when the guy breaks her plates, you know, when she, he just mm-hmm. wants to help and he accidentally breaks her plates and he, she, Which, okay, wait a second though. But like what kind of packing, like, he went to go pick them up because the place were in a box, but the box just wasn't sealed on the bottom or something. Yeah, there was like no Fern. sealer. Yeah, I don't. Come on, don't Fern. That. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty what, bad. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think maybe you know maybe she just didn't tape the bottom. Maybe she doesn't have tape, or maybe she you know would hold it from the bottom and just kind of. I which I don't know. It's just that was really weird. That kind of struck me off as a, I had no idea why she didn't tape, but that also set me off. I think, um, you know, another another theme that it touches on is home versus a house. You know, okay. you have your home and you travel around and, you know, some other people have just a house where that's that's their home. But what they are trying to explain is that home is where you emotionally feel, you know, the most sense of fulfillment or happiness. And for those nomads, it's not a house. It's being able to travel and see see all the places in the country that people in corporate America just don't get out to see. A lot of people are just restricted by their jobs because they can't take that time off. You know, you you have, what, three weeks, hopefully, three weeks of, of vacation a year. Two weeks, three three weeks is a little bit more of the, of the norm now, but it used to be less than that. Corporate America just does not have the time to be able to do something that the nomads have. They have so much more freedom to to see everything that they want. And uh, well, I don't want to push know. back on that a little bit though, because uh, late, you know, near, near the end of the movie, um, Fern, she's sort of uh, staying with her sister for the moment. Um, and she gets into that sort of argument with the, the guys whose names I can't remember. One of them is her sister's husband, uh, George. I think that was his name was George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, George and, the other guy that are there, uh, they're real estate agents or something like that, where they make their money, you know, Fern describes it as telling other people to take out these loans, buy a house that they can't actually afford and try and make money off it. Like basically like flipping houses and stuff. And, you know, she's pretty, she, she doesn't think that's like an ethical thing to do really, because it's, it's almost like to her, it's almost like, it's like a, like a pyramid scheme, you know, where the people at the top just make money by convincing the people at the bottom to spend money and it it just goes on until it doesn't. George makes a point 
uh, after she kind of calls them out for being unethical, George is like, well, not everybody can just sort of pack everything up and leave like you did for her. And she gets really offended at that because for her, that wasn't what happened. She didn't, she wasn't really in it for freedom. Uh, she, you know, she moved out to, I think Empire was the town that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. she lived in because her husband wanted to do it and she wanted to be with him. Do we ever know what happened to her husband? He died. He's dead. Yeah, he's just, he just died. We never really knew what the, what the, the, the loose ends or tight ends there. I think, it, yeah. But that was, I do remember that, you know, she's at like, let's just say a, a mountaintop via. That's kind of what it, that's the closest, you know, thing that we can put it in words. That was a, that was the real, that was the real moment. That was the director coming out in that. That's the, that's the big yeah, message yeah. For, that, is that these two people are on opposite sides of, of society. Fern is on the completely nomadic end where, whereas she does make a lot of good points. You know, the fact that people take out loans to buy houses that, that are just not in their price range, you know, Mm -hmm. people, people, how many, how many houses, how many of people's first houses, I should say, are paid completely with money because you can certainly pay houses once you already have one, because you can just sell and and buy Mm -hmm. a new one. The first house that you buy that is very, very rarely paid in full. I would, I would wager less than, less than ten percent. Right, and that was another like sort of just a little sidebar. That was another interesting point was where uh, George's friend or whatever he he mentioned. Um, you know, George was the one who sold me my first house uh, before I got into real estate. You know, so it's like this really interesting contrast between Fern on the one hand who doesn't have a house at all uh, is living out of her van and these real estate guys who just buy up a bunch of houses and sell them. And, you know, that really see the contrast between the two of them there. Yeah, I agree. It it really strikes me because I'm, I'm personally against the commodification of housing uh, because people need it's to me, that's a basic quality of life is that you need a home. You need some sort of roof over your head. For many people, that is not equal. For, for for a lot, a lot of people, that roof is not equal, but it's it's necessary. It's necessary to sustain human life. And mm-hmm. human life is not just surviving. So Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the idea that, like, people should have housing. I guess I would say that, yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's uh, important for thriving, you know, not just surviving. Mm-hmm. So what were your big takeaways from the film? For me, I thought the whole thing was just kind of a very heavy handed metaphor, uh, which kind of bothered me because it's about it's about moving on. You know, throughout the movie, you're kind of going through Fern's inability to move on. You know, it's kind of in contrast to her literally having to move around everywhere. Uh, It's something that we talked about a little bit earlier uh, with the dishes. Uh, she mentions that her dad used to go to different yard sales and collect those dishes. And that's why they were so important because when she was 18, I don't know if she said when she was 18 or when she graduated high school or something, uh, her dad left that complete set to her. She can't, you know, she still treasures them that late on in her life. But even when, even when uh, Dave breaks them, 
she spends all that time like super gluing the dishes back together because she can't let go of it. She can't move on from it. It's the same, you know, she makes this point really late in the movie, which again, like that's why it kind of bothered me and why I find it so heavy handed is because she basically gives the whole speech uh, at the end when she's talking to, I, I don't know his name, like, like most of these people, I don't know their names because they're not really characters. They're just kind of there. The faces uh, that move around the, the yeah. background. Yeah, which could be, I guess, you know, maybe that works with the theme of the movie. Maybe it doesn't. You know, I don't remember his name. Dude with the gray beard who was leading the one campsite uh, and talking about how people are living under the yoke of the dollar or whatever. She tells him that the reason, the only reason she's even still moving the way she is is because her husband uh, didn't really know his family or he didn't talk to his parents uh, and the two of them didn't have any kids so this is sort of her trying to keep his memory alive by you know still living that life she needs to let go but she can't in a way I thought it was interesting that like the movie starts with her working at Amazon and by the end she's working at Amazon again because she just keeps going through this over and over again even though she doesn't have to she could go stay with her sister even though that might not be emotionally the best thing and she could have she could have stayed with Dave when he moved in with uh, his his son and she went out there to visit him. She could have stayed with him, but she can't do it because she can't let go. I don't think I needed 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes to sort of understand that. <laughs> yeah, 105 like, minutes about. 105 minutes, yeah. Like, I think it would have been a good concept for like a short film. You know, if you would have did this in like, if they would have did this in, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I feel like I would have liked it a lot more, but it just kind of dragged and dragged. And I wasn't, I wasn't that big of a fan of it. It's like you said, you know, there were four movies that came out last year. Yeah, yeah. And it was one best <laughs> picture because it was the best of them. I, like, did okay. not, I did not understand why she was so unreceptive to Dave. I don't know what happened where she just was not having whatever Dave was trying to, to extend to her. It's it just seemed, she can't, she yeah. can't move on from her husband. That's all it is. She can't move on. I don't know if I can truly empathize with someone that cannot move on from such a poor, and maybe it's because I don't have a super large experience, personal experience with, with loss of a very, very close one. I don't, I cannot understand why she made those decisions that she would only make decisions when she was in dire, dire straits. She would only yeah. then go back to her, her support group when she could have done it far earlier. There were many times where people have asked, had asked her um, to stay with her, with that she could stay. Um, there was the, the very, very beginning. There was the girl when she was sleeping out in the cold by the gas station. Or, mm -hmm. or around then, you know, the early, early Amazon thing. Yeah. And, she, yeah, that was her sister, wasn't it? She just she just wasn't very receptive of any of it. And I, 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 uh, I, lacked a, I lacked a little bit of understanding about that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, like, that's not a criticism of the movie to me. Like, not being able to sympathize or empathize with the main character. Like, that just is what it is. But... I didn't feel like any, like they're like, why did I watch that movie? What did I get out of it? 
I don't think I got anything out of it. I watched it twice. I don't think I got anything out of it. Really? Well, that's perfectly fine. I, uh, I mean, I personally just became, you know, stronger in my hatred of the attachment to the dollar and, uh, and anger at housing prices and <laughs> affordability, of which I know yeah. in many other countries it is far worse. There are a, there are a a wealth of of wealth of um, there is a wealth of somewhat cheap housing, and by cheap I mean not a sty and under three hundred thousand dollars, which is a, a very very high amount. But for a house, that's kind of where a lot of people draw the line. You know, a new car is is a, a lot of people draw the line at thirty or thirty five thousand dollars. And there are there are a wealth of cars that are above that because of course people want to make as much money as they can on the flashiest new brand of cars and all that. For houses, they're 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 in this they're a necessity. It's not a this is they, they shouldn't be made such a commodity. And of course there are houses that have, you know, some silly number of bedrooms and there are these large, large mansions for people that want all this space and all this all these bells and whistles, but for a lot of people, a home, even a normal standard home of a separated house with your own walls and your own roof, for a lot of people, it's unaffordable, more so than the U.S., especially all over places in Europe, all over places in Canada, Australia, and perhaps other countries in South America. I'm not sure what you know the, the housing prices are for South America and Russia and all that, but there are, you know, for a lot of people, that that reality of of that a necessity, a home, your own walls, is unattainable on a majority of jobs, like Amazon. That, that are what these people that live in these not I don't want to say these these not wastelands, but these vast, sparse, deserty, flat these large, you know, these large spaces. You know, out where where they were were in quartzite. That was um, oh, that was southwest Arizona. You know, very very mm-hmm. very very close to uh, California, and that's that was the reality. Is that they just did not have this. They none of these people could could have the money to build to get a house that anywhere around there. And that's kind of what it drove on for me. As far as the ability to let go and all that, and. I think a lot, especially around 2018, a lot more of these class-focused movies that have come out, I personally, uh, I can sympathize with them a lot more because I feel that there are a lot of people that are being taken advantage of on a class basis. And I think it's good that it is becoming a little bit more known. It's not so I would ask a question then. Uh, so this was, this was based on a book and uh, it was based on a nonfiction book at that. Okay. Uh, do you think maybe this would have worked better just as like a straightforward documentary than as a narrative? Because that's how I feel coming out of it is like, I would have rather just watched a documentary on people who live out of their vans and how they got there and, you know, what they do year round than have to follow like this one person who wasn't particularly interesting and who didn't no. have no. much of a personality even like. I, eh. I would like to see what it would um i would like to see what it what that would look like i would like to see what a documentary on those sorts of people would be like i would love to see how how much they travel 
what their expenses are, how they make their money. You know, perhaps there are some people that have three odd jobs or gig jobs or some similar like small inputs of, of money towards what they spend on. And I would like to see something like that. I, I'm not sure if it is more effective or not, because there were definitely some parts in this movie that I was falling out of. I was falling out of, uh, you know, that that mindset of of romanticizing like what that they were doing and all of this stuff because I was falling out of love with the main character. I, I did not yeah. find her. I, I, I have never found her acting to be particularly. She is dry. She is very, she, she's very, very, very dry. She's unemotional and she does not really, she has a very narrow range of acting in my opinion. I don't think that she is very interesting either. I can see how she perhaps may have looked like a very good actress for this because it's a very dull sort of life and it is not supposed to be something that's romanticized because it's not, she certainly does not want to be doing this. She's, she kind of, in my opinion, she seems a bit crazy. She has this like a, a little chaotic side that stems from this poor lifestyle that she lives and she <clears throat> she doesn't really uh she's kind of mentally coping with the fact that she lives like that you mm-hmm. know a lot of her laughs feel very forced especially when she's around a lot of the other women that are in the courtside camp and yeah. she kind of forces herself to not be so lifeless and i think mm-hmm. that's part of the acting too and Maybe I just don't find that particularly interesting. I, I mean, I don't, but um, I don't. I, I think I would probably rather see a documentary on these sorts of people and then ask them what they wish they could be doing instead of that if they don't like that. Maybe there are some people yeah. that really like that lifestyle and they can explain that. Even the parts that are um, a little more on like the paganistic side where they're reaching out for their hands and they're they're absorbing the atoms from uh, from other destroyed stars <laughs> eons, eons ago. Every, I mean, every I like time that. I see some shit like that in a movie, though, like, dude, we're just all made of star stuff, bro. Like, those <laughs> stars, that's us, bro. And that light, that light's, like, so old, bro. I fucking cringe every time I see that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I, to an extent, too. I, the you know, the, the very basic... Um, explanation of oh this light is 23 years old you're seeing it from 1983 i mean come on weren't we all taught that in like seventh grade science <laughs> class like this is so silly i I, right. I i share that opinion it's just like especially because they they go out of their way to like prove that uh fern's like supposed to be a pretty smart person um when she runs into her friend in the store and her friend's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, she, her friend's daughter gives that quote back to her and it's, you know, Fern supposedly taught that to her in the first place. Like we, we, we get the idea that Fern's smart. So like, what? I, I, I yeah, I, I cringe at that stuff. Uh, but I, okay. I cringed when they all put their arms out and they were absorbed. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> that I thought, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, best picture. I don't, did I, the only other nominee that I saw uh, in that category, I saw The Father, which I liked more than this. And even that wasn't a particularly great movie. I didn't think 
but I could at least recommend that. Whereas with this Nomadland, honestly, I, I don't recommend it. I I was bored. I, I, I would not it. recommend it to just anyone. I don't think it's a movie for just anyone. I think the person that I would recommend it to are those that would like to take a month off and, and rent a van and go, you know, explore the, the vast amount of land that the U.S. has. Because that is part of, you know, that is that is some sort of cultural aspect for a number of Americans is that they want to be pioneers, especially those that live more out West. They want to be pioneers. They want to explore the unexplored and they want to, you know, experience all that, that this land has to offer. And I think I would offer it to people like that. And I would offer it to people that are, that are soured at the, the idea that they, they contribute towards this U S dollar and they, they contribute, you know, decades of their labor for this payoff, which is, you know, five to 10 to 15 years of freedom when you're 70 years old. And those people don't want to do that. I would, I would, I would recommend it to those people and probably not many more. I, I was pretty, I was pretty um, surprised that this one, you know, a best picture, but I have not, I don't think I've seen any of the other uh, nominees. So I can't necessarily say what the other three movies contained. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it to a degree. There were some parts that I thought were pretty forced or heavy-handed, but it was an okay movie to watch for once. I, I, I liked a lot of I liked a lot of it, and I didn't like a fair amount of it. All right, slap a number on it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it like a like a at its high. It's a it's a nice it's a nice and strong little seven point five, but at its low, it's at like a four. So we'll just meet in the middle and say like a 6.5 or a six, one of those two. It has, it has, some, pretty, it has some pretty imagery. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go right in the middle and just give it a, you know, five out of 10 uh, middle of the road. Didn't really go anywhere. Just like Fern. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I appreciate it. I hope there are some more movies that kind of focus on like the aspect of living an economically more free life in any aspects that you can. I, 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 won't, I won't necessarily rule it out. I, I think it, it may be trending in that direction. I think there are some, some decent attempts that are being made at that. So, so yeah. Uh, on to the next topic. Uh, last week, you said that you had, uh, you'd want to purchase a gun. And uh, why is that? I, I want to hear your whole side. Of <laughs> uh, it's, it's like the least principled thing. Uh, ever i don't have like a strong reason i do want to get a gun yeah i don't have like a strong reason for it uh it's just kind of like i feel like i should have one you know because everybody why? has one <laughs> but why but why why do you think why do you i mean on the one hand like everyone now on, on the one hand it's like it's just good to have something for personal protection like that um you, you never know like what's gonna happen like so, if somebody like broke into my apartment right now or something or like whatever i i don't have what am i gonna do throw i have knives but like what's a knife i'm not bringing a knife to a gunfight like, what about like pepper, what about like pepper spray pepper i guess spray, like, pepper spray is pretty strong it's yeah it's effective like it could definitely hurt somebody but i i would not again i'm not bringing if i'm not bringing a knife to a gunfight i'm not bringing pepper spray to a gunfight man well i mean why would you get into a gunfight do you do you, you don't you don't you i'm you not saying do you think that where you live is not safe? No, I, I think I live in a at least a relatively safe place, but 
you just never know, you know, also, uh, I want to just go out and start like shooting things, not people, not people, but I don't want to have to like, what, if you, if you go out to a range or something, if you don't, can you bring your own weapon to a gun range? I don't know how any yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you yeah totally or you can. have to like rent one, right? You can do either or. Yeah. But if, if that was something I was going to do, because if I did get a gun, I would want to like learn how to use it actually. I, I I have had some sort of similar opinions on the range. I don't have any, I have absolutely no desire to get one for personal safety, but for the, for the concept of sport and shooting for fun um, in a world where ammunition is not like ridiculously expensive. Like I would totally, and I would totally go for one. I, I think pistols and shotguns are pretty freaking lame. And I have no desire to have either of them because they're just, they're just silly. I would get either some sort of, not a bolt action. Well, I would, there, there are two sort of guns I would get. One is like a, a semi-automatic medium to long range rifle, you know, a, a not like a, not like an M4 or an M16, but like some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of like a rifle. I gotta sneeze, but I can't. Uh, do it, you coward. I can't. It won't happen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would get either some sort of medium to long range rifle, something that's not like top of the line new, new, but something that's, you know, maybe 10 to 20 years old. I would totally get some, some sort of like, um, I can't remember if it was German or French, but there was some really good rifle that was out there. I think it was called like an STG. I like those rifles a fair amount. Those are like a prelude to M4s. I think Americans like blatantly said that they just ripped off the design and modernized it like a little bit to make like what what is known as the normal M4, like the, the modern M4. And I would get something like that. But like my main, main desire, which is also probably the most expensive one, is to get like a super duper long range rifle, like totally like sniper style long long range and just like target practice for fun like on the order of 500 to a to one to like a kilometer like 500 meters to a kilometer of of distance that seems like really they'll, they'll really make fun. A, they'll make a movie about you and call it american slider no no that movie, was, that movie was terrible by the way that movie was so bad i can't believe that that got nominated for i thought it did get nominated for best picture did it? I don't. I, I haven't seen it. In like 2012 or something. I, oh, all no, I know is it had Bradley Cooper in it, and I don't really. I'm. I'm. I don't hate Bradley Cooper, but I don't like him. I swear, he's, I got he's one of those guys that like. He, I feel like he was a really trendy actor for like three or four or five years, yeah. and after that, it's just like haven't heard of him at all. Including best picture, best adapted screenplay. Yeah, this was the thing that got nominated for like a bunch of awards, and people were like, "Really?" <laughs> it was like it was like the one movie that they throw in to like get people to watch the Oscars because mm-hmm. it was the one movie that they know. I, I I like I like the long long range snipers. I like the amount of like technology that goes into it, and I dislike how expensive it all is. But it seems like it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, do they make like a, do they make drones that have rifles attached to them? They probably they do. I mean, they do. Sweet. I you can't you can't buy one, but you know the military <laughs> can. Well, you can't buy one, but uh... yeah, I I have seen some. 
there was one, this is going to really upset me because these, these people, I was out on a hike and it was, you know, and somewhere in the Appalachians, you know, it's 3,500 to 4,000 feet. And at the very top of this mountain, there's a split off where the trail goes two different directions. One, they're kind of both overlooks and the whole length of the trail is say 0.4 miles. So it's, you know, 400, uh, not meters, miles is stupid. I don't know. Some like small amount of distance. So I go and I was with my mom and we go to one side and it's the top of the overlook. And, you know, it's this day, by the way, is extremely cloudy. And when you're, when it's extremely cloudy and you're at a, and you're at a peak that's very, very high up, you cannot see anything. You cannot see probably, um, 40 feet in front of you. Like, especially if you're at an overlook where you're in the middle of a cloud, you are Mm -hmm. very, uh, your, your visibility is very low. So we went to that, that overlook and we went, you know, we were like, okay, whatever, this is nice and all, but we can't really see anything from this overlook, which defeats the entire purpose. So we go on the other side and while we're walking to this other side, we hear a buzzing and it is very, it is very faint and it goes up and down and up and down. And at some point I realize, okay, someone's flying a drone around here and I'm wondering why, because it is so foggy and cloudy that it defeats the entire purpose of having a drone. So we get to this other overlook and there are these kids and I swear they're like 19 years old. And there's these two girls and these two guys. And this one guy has really, really long, shaggy hair. And he's flying this drone. These two girls are like, it's it's just very weird. Because, like, I feel like they were pretending to be interested in all of this. <laughs> because they had to have walked up this entire peak on this day to, like, drive a drone around. Fly a drone around up at the top of this peak. Which is, I will say that this drone was very fast. This was a very, very fast drone because it would buzz around the the top and it would fly in and out of the clouds, like beyond your visibility. And I was like dumbfounded at how he could, because I think he was also wearing like a VR set that would like show you the cam of where it is and where you're at. And I was just very confused at why I like asked him, I like swear, like in the most confused tone, I'm like, this is a very odd day to be flying a drone around. And he's like, it was, but, but he sounded like he was having the time of his life. Like, I swear he was saying, well, there were two, there were two guys too. So one of the guys was like watching and seeing like when it would buzz him and like fly around him and all this stuff. And they were having the time of their life. And I was just, it was crazy. They were, they were losing their minds. really fucking high, dude. It could have been really high. I uh, I have no idea, but like you could definitely slap a gun on one of those things. But the thing is, is that they drive really fast, so you'd have to have you a really, really light even gun. Be able to, like aim. Well, you'd have to have oh. a really light gun. There would be a separate camera for like aiming and firing and all that. Yeah. And um, a lot of this stuff is autonomous too. Like they could certainly uh, a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff you have to have a human like say, oh, fire the trigger, but. Mm-hmm. They're trying to like make some some of these drones that have guns on them or just autonomous weapon carrying robots that can identify these threats and, and shoot at them, which is kind of unbelievably insane. But you could absolutely slap like a light gun onto like one of these drones. It wouldn't fly as fast, but 
I mean, just having a camera like that and flying around at a really high speed, you could certainly do that. Well, I know what I want for Christmas. Yeah, a gun with and a drone <laughs> and some duct tape and a and a webcam. <laughs> Maybe a microphone. No, just put a, just put a GoPro on it. <laughs> yeah, just a GoPro with a with a VR headset that can yeah. feed back to you. A little controller for it. Yeah, you, you could do some work there. So, uh, yeah, how else is your night? What else is on your mind? Anything else that you uh, came up this week that you uh, you wanted to talk about? Uh, I swear I had like three other things, but oh, um, no, not really. Not really. Yeah, I don't know where we go from here. Because uh, we we're gonna talk about an album. Are you gonna listen to the album? We were, I uh, I I couldn't uh, listen to the whole thing. I did get sidetracked, but we could put it on for next week, and I would absolutely do that. All right, we'll put that on for next week. Uh, but while we're talking about drone, what's your yeah. opinion on Earth Two? <laughs> on Earth Two. Yeah. Um, I, classic album. <laughs> so I have a I have a story. I I actually did put this like when I was in the whole like, and it's not to say I'm not now, but like when I was really deep into the man, there's so much music out there, and it's really funny whole phase. Uh huh. And I played it to my brother. We were driving somewhere, and it was just me and him. And he gave me the aux cord. You know, he gave me the aux cord. And uh, he's like, put on anything you want. And I'm like, all right. So I put on, <laughs> so I put mistake, on, number one. So I put on Earth 2. And he's just like, is this music? And I said, yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. Because honestly, in my opinion, all sound is music. Prove all me. sound is music. So like, again, my whenever people say stuff like that, my whole thing is like, okay, so if I just took this microphone and I just. Yes. Whatever you're about to say, yes. It's just not very good music, but yes, it is music. Okay, well, I, I agree with that in a sense, but I think there has to be intention behind it to make it music. Okay, you well, know, that's like, fine. You can't just go out, if you just go out and like start, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't even know how to define intention on that, because even if, if you're recording it, then that's intention. But if you're not recording it and someone else's, then that's their intention. So I guess it's up to the creator as to whether or not they consider it art, in my opinion, or music. I gotta say, uh, I think of the three songs on Earth. My brother did not like it, by the way. He was just like, "This is, this is." He was yeah, laughing, well, but he's, he's just like, plab. "He's he got filtered really hard." But uh, <laughs> I think the best song on it was the last one. It's like gold. It's some, like something gold like, and faceted. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the one. It's like it was there. I, I remember there was a, there yeah. was a song about lions and there was a song about gold. yeah. And I think there was like the first song, but I don't remember what the first song was called. I like I like the like Golden Facet the best. It it uh it really rang the loudest to me. That's pretty much all I can describe it because it's just like a hum. Like literally, all the songs are just freaking. Yeah. Hum. Well, no, that's actually I I really like Earth too. Uh, it's not something I can listen to very often. Yeah. But it's actually kind of cool how it's structured, where it it gets slower as it goes. Like the first song, it actually has a riff you can hear. Of course, because it's low frequency. Yeah, yeah, special low frequency. But yeah, it just gets slower and slower as it goes. Like, do that for like an hour. I think it's it's pretty cool record. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. I've listened to it. I've listened to it probably a handful of times, and it is something that I don't come back to like once a week or anything even that high amount but 
I I do like listening to it like probably like once a year. Like it's definitely yeah. one that I'll enjoy listening to once a year. Yeah. Uh, it's really good on planes. Uh, that's like yes. my go-to. Yes. I, I just need to like fall asleep on this plane. I'll put on Earth 2. I'm out. I can do any sort of black metal that's not super fast, like Atmo black metal, I guess. Drone music used to be, and kind of to still an extent is, like a go-to on on uh, on planes, or uh, or like you know little electro like what's the word? Uh, not IDM, but like stuff that is a little bit more radio friendly than IDM, but still has a lot of like bleeps and bloops in it, like that, like all those sorts of are like definitely in my sphere of like a uh, plane listening. So yeah. So in uh, general, like what what have you been listening to lately? I. I have been, I actually was listening to more like, um, aside from like the black metal stuff that I had listened to, which I talked about last week, there was, there was Paranol, which is the album I listened to, the other album I listened to again, which I will listen to next week, the newer one, that's like more of a collaboration with some other people, but yeah. um, just like standard one-off songs, not really like, um, not really like albums per se, but just like really catchy um, one-offs or certain soundtracks or just kind of like straight albums. But, you know, grunge is kind of these days. Grunge is pretty much almost always in the mix. And I like a lot of I just, just butt rock. You're just listening. To no, all not, butt not butt rock. No, this is on a complete it's like 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 on an album side. I listen to a lot of grunge. I listened to one of um, it was in. It was a really kind of crap adaptation of a of a of a Nirvana album, and I can't remember who sang it. If I scroll up a little bit, I bet I find it. But like, I definitely was finding Incesticide. That's what it's called. I mean, like a compilation. Yeah, I guess it was a compilation, but it wasn't sang by Nirvana. It was also sang by like other people, and uh -huh. I didn't really like some of the some of the more popular songs that were sang by like this other person were not. I just, I cannot wrap my hand around it, but I have, like, certainly fallen into that sphere of people that think, like, whenever someone tries to sing a Nirvana song that isn't Cobain, it just doesn't sound right. It just I thought isn't. you didn't even like Nirvana. I like a, I like a fair, I, I've warmed up to him, I guess. I mean, I, okay. I warm, I've warmed up to a lot of, uh, I like his vocal style. I still don't think I really like his personality that a lot of people fell for at the time because he was a newer style of, of, you know, of like the head, the, the front man for a rock. He was like, yeah, know, the, he was, he was the like the last, yeah, he, he was like the logical conclusion to the rock star basically. Yeah. Cause he also killed himself. Well, he didn't kill himself. <laughs> or did he? <laughs> or did he? <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I think I've warmed up to him, but I just whenever I hear someone else try to sing, whenever I hear someone else try to sing "Dumb" or any other like song that is so uniquely in his style, I just can't. I can't listen to it. It just no, doesn't no. sound right. It's I wrong. think uh, listening to someone cover Nirvana is like the the equivalent to seeing somebody wearing that Nirvana shirt, you know? Or it's just like this, stop. It's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it looks better. It just doesn't look. It just, it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't it, feel right. It's wrong. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like when people try to cover songs. 
because he had such a unique style of not the moan singing, but just his his whole self-loathing and self-tiredness that only he could at the time really pull off. I mean, even other grunge singers didn't have that style. So yeah, I, I can't I can't listen to because also whenever I hear someone else try to sing, it's always more upbeat and it's always more it's always more energetic, upbeat to the tempo, whereas his whereas his vocal style wasn't. It was it was dragging. It was it wasn't lazy, but it was dragging. It was slower. It was not energetic by any means. And when I hear it done another way, it completely defeats the purpose of all of like the self-loathing, which is to an extent like all of grunge, but it just doesn't sound right. But yeah. Is there a, is there a movie that you would like to, to watch over the course of this week that uh, could come uh, next week? Um, nothing comes to mind immediately. I don't know if you want to go for... Like, do we want to do something recent again? Do we want to reach back and do some kind of classic? I, how about one more recent? Because I feel like I have fallen off the course in the last three-ish years, three, four Damn, years, man. that I would like to try and see something more recent. Perhaps we could do a documentary this week instead of a, a movie. To, a recent documentary, per se, to stay within the recent, but like try to hit something that isn't on a, on a narrative tale or a... Or, you know, something like that, like a fiction or I know it's not a fiction, the the nomad land, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I could do I could do a recent documentary, but I also just remembered uh maybe we can even like edit this back into when we were talking earlier. This is sort of uh I guess it's a topic. I want to talk about a little bit of smugness that I felt uh twice in the past week and oh, so. why it's a terrible thing, how I don't know how to fix it. Okay. Uh, well it's music so what... related. Oh, okay. So, so, so when did you get smugness? Uh, I got smugness uh, once at work, once uh, at like a little gas station mini mart thing. And so the first the first smugness at work, I was talking to a coworker, and I'm I'm trying to be as vague as possible on the rare chance that like you know anybody could listen that would know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this coworker was excited uh and i'm talking to this coworker, and i'm asking her like oh you're in a good mood like what's going on and she had just bought tickets for a musician who was very popular about 10 years ago i want to say who in my opinion is not really all that special and so as soon as this person mentioned how excited they were to go see this musician I instantly got like extremely smug in my brain and just started thinking like, I do not give a fuck about anything that you will say for the rest of the day. So, so who was this musician that they were so excited to see? Uh, I I don't, I don't want to say. Okay. It was a, it was Adele. Oh, it was Adele. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised that she was still doing concerts because I can't, I think it was because I saw in the last uh, two weeks ago, actually, at this point, I did see the new James Bond movie with my dad. And I remember that Adele did that song in Skyfall and some, you know, some number. Yeah, that was like 10 years ago, right? (laughs) I think it was like five years ago, but. Really? Yeah, I think Skyfall was 2016. You're kidding. Yeah, I think so. Where, oh no, maybe that was Inspector. Or Inspector was like 2018, but yeah, I remember. No, Skyfall, just... Skyfall was 2012. Skyfall was 2012. All right, well, 
<laughs> well, <laughs> well, did she do, <laughs> did she do the did she do the song for Skyfall or Inspector? Yeah, she did the song for Skyfall. Wow. All right. Well, never mind. And it's just one of those things where, like, I don't like getting that way. You know, if somebody just has an opinion on like music or movies, because I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm not the most cultured person when it comes to any of that stuff. But when someone mentions something that's like was very clearly just something that existed in the popular consciousness and it's not even popular now it was very popular back then like i i didn't even know adele was still making music or like you said like she's touring like i i didn't know any of that but automatically i just like not even like there was no intention behind it or anything it was just i realized that i gave less value to the words that came out of this person's mouth after i realized they were excited to go see adele yeah that's bad right (laughs) It is pretty bad. It's pretty judgy. And I mean, on the t- on that topic of of being excited to go see, come on, like Adele in in this in this like you cannot tell me an Adele concert is going to drive you crazy. Like on a musical sense, I don't even think getting high and going to see Adele would be like really really great. I mean, like Adele is not a is not like a revolutionary pop artist. Right. Like, it's just so very, like, middle, like, middle of the road, not exciting, inoffensive. Adele, here, here I'm going <laughs> to say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freaking say it. Adele is a corporate pop singer. She sings her, enti- her entire reason for being an, ex- an existing artist is that you know her name and that the people that write her music are writing her music specifically to appe- to try and get her music played in like a Coles or like a Target <laughs> or like or played over the background of that to make you buy more shit. That's that's entirely why Adele still exists. Taylor Swift right. is like that. Katy Perry is like that, and like all the other bland, like literal nobodies that of of like the corporate music world that just want to get their their freaking mu- their music played in like the background of like Belk and. Coles and all these, and then these TJ Marsh, TJ Macy's, and TJ and Marshalls, or I don't even know what TJ is supposed to be. You know, something like all that stuff. All these—that's all. Literally, the entire reason they exist is to have their music played in these stores so that people can buy more money. These happy little upbeat, you know, make you smile sort of pop songs that have no instruments in them, and that's the entire purpose. Like you know, if someone was gonna play like a like five finger, five finger death punch in, inside of a Walmart. I probably buy more stuff there. Probably buy a ton of booze. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I want to be clear that like this person, this this uh, this coworker is a, she's really nice, like really cool. Other than that, I have no reason to think anything negative about this person. And I still don't think anything negative about this person. Just in that moment, it was like. I, I could feel myself losing any sort of concern or care for anything that would have come out of her mouth. And that's, that's bad. And I don't like that because she's cool. It's because you don't want to spend your time doing the stuff that she spends her time doing. You just can't imagine yourself going to an Adele concert for it's, who knows how many hours an Adele concert would be, but you don't want you, you thinking about yourself spending that amount of time listening to Adele play her songs from 20 oh nine and 2012 and you're just like nah yeah i guess maybe that is part of it is just the thought of like even trying to entertain that conversation like i know i would have no interest in anything that i was saying 
in that conversation. So it's yeah. just maybe like my brain just like taps out completely. So what was the second uh, smugness? Second smugness is I was in the gas station. I was getting a few cans of Monster. I got the the white one, the the classic sip. Okay. Classic. And I got the the Ultra Sunrise, which is like the orange flavor. Shout out to Monster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good flavor. And I'm leaving. I happen to be wearing my unwound shirt that day, just because. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Which again, maybe I give up all license to feel smug about anything. Just putting that on. But I go out the door, and the guy, there's a guy about to come in, and he opens the door for me. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks, man. And I notice he's wearing a sweatshirt with the band Descendants on it. Are they a metal band? I don't think I know. Descendants. Are you, they like a uh, rock band? No, they're they're an old punk band. You know, Milo goes to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's them. Oh, right. Okay. That's that's not, you know, there are a lot worse bands that you could have on your shirt. So why did you right. feel smug in that instance? But that you... it was almost like a, a mix of like smug and cringe because I did like that Milo Goes to College album a little bit. I know you didn't like it, but it was just sort of like the smugness of like I'm wearing a better band than you are. Yeah. You know that feeling it's, where it's just it's like just a, my taste I, is superior. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally that. Like, as soon as like, I lock eyes with this guy, I'm like, he probably doesn't even know the band that I'm wearing. But I know his, and they're not good. You know, that reminds me of when there was one time when we were in Milwaukee, and we went to a bar around uh, pretty close to the rave because we don't live far from the rave. And at that night, the band that was playing at the rave was Ween. And Ween. the people <laughs> at the bar were probably very, very, very similar. The crossover between Ween and the Descendants is probably pretty medium to high. Would you say the same? Uh, I'd, I'd say maybe medium. Yeah, medium. Yeah, but, but, but it exists. It's medium. Yeah. It's so, so I can kind. Of, I kind of get what you're, uh, where you're coming from. I don't. I personally, the the that style of punk is not my style. It doesn't feel like it's really made by the people that should be making punk. But I also just don't. I'm just not a huge punk person, like just standard proto punk in general. I'm just not a big fan of it. So, yeah, I uh, did. Was there any interaction with him? Did you do anything? Uh, did you no, just lock was, eyes and walk away? It was literally just that. Yeah, just lock eyes, walk away. And I was just grinning while I was walking away. I'm like, Look at that guy in a shit band shirt. A jacket. <laughs> he probably got hyped to wear that shirt. Yeah. Went out to went out to find some other in the in the world, find some other Descendants fans, anyone that would be living in, uh, in Birmingham, to try and find them. <laughs> and uh, nope, they found some smug jackass wearing an unwound shirt, and uh, <laughs> got the exact opposite of what he was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Why you don't wear band yeah, like shirts he, in public? He probably thought like, "Oh, I'm wearing my Descendants jacket, like uh, that. I'm I'm so cool." But then it's like, "No, bro, I'm I'm wearing the better band here. You lose. <laughs> you lose. Try again." But I just have you have you ever felt like that kind of smugness? The only thing that I can even compare it to is like people wearing that Nirvana shirt, where it's just like, it's just, just like stop. <laughs> you, you just. You, sense of superiority i don't know and it's it's completely unearned and it doesn't matter at all like maybe even these people are listening to like super avant-garde fucking classical shit outside whatever they're wearing i don't know i don't know them it's just that smugness man 
Have you ever felt it? I um, I don't think. And part of it is that you know I live on a college campus as a as a boomer graduate student who does not interact with the student population to a to any sizable degree. I have not felt it in the last year on a musical basis, on like a lifestyle or like a a, a manners basis, kind of, because I can tell that people just really haven't, you know, they're, they're you know, it's 18 to 22 year olds that mm-hmm. in my mind still are not completely grown up. They're children. I don't, I don't think living as a college student in that, in that instance, I don't think you're grown up. I don't no. think you are. I don't no, think undergrads as, are not adults. I don't think undergrads are adults. Am I a bit biased in saying that I think graduate students are adults? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a there's a level of bias there. That is that is still my opinion. Uh, I essentially, you know, work as any other adult would. And while my, you know, while it's a little bit more free on than a than a nine to five or something like that, it's still very close to a what a lot of staff, especially some that I work with on certain projects do. But I, I do feel smugness. I feel smugness in a, in a lifestyle sort of way that I'm, I'm nice to people. And I, I am not eyes glued to my phone when I'm outside. And I, uh, I am cognizant of, of the world around me in a way. And that I, I enjoy the outdoors. I feel like and, using the word cognizant gets you like two smug points just on that. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fair. I'm aware versus cognizant. Yeah. <laughs> as I, as I pick another cheese off my charcuterie. <laughs> yes. Mm. Delicious Colby Jack. <laughs> Kidding. Okay. But, well, Colby Jack, that's a, that's a top tier snack. cheese. I, I gotta say, I'm not. A, I used to be a cheese snacker, but now that and this, it, it's part of it is that moving away from Wisconsin. Part of it is just is just not eating just straight cheese. But I, I, I definitely say, after you moved out of the Midwest, you just you can't do it anymore. I just have sandwiches now. I just I just have a nice little panini maker, and God, it is so good. Once I started using it and actually like make good things on it, I feel like I'm. They're a nice whole snack. It's a small meal but it's a whole snack. Perfect for like middle of the day and all that. But I mean, I don't, I don't get the, I don't, I think that I do appreciate a lot of the music around because the college radio station that does air on the, uh, on the air, on the waves is, is pretty solid. It's, it's among the top three stations I listen to and I really enjoy it. I'm glad I, I I think that there, I know the fact that I don't interact with a lot of the student body and that I do listen to that radio station a lot. It makes me, it it helps me know that there are some people out there that are around this town that have very good taste in music. And I I can, I can latch on to that. All right. Well, uh, it is now probably like an hour and a half through. I think it would be a pretty, pretty good place to call. Pretty good place to call, you know. Not go like two and a half hours because that, that'll drain that'll drain me a bit. But this has been this has been pretty solid. Well, like I did like watching the movie for one time. I don't think I would have watched it a second time like you did. I I kind of thought that you would have liked it a lot if you were going to watch it a second time, or that you really just wanted to feel it on a deeper level. But yeah, I mean that is not a movie that you're going to pick up a whole lot more on a second watch. Yeah, I mean I wanted to at least give it a second watch just to be like I feel like. 
back when I used to be on ROIM a lot heavier, uh, there was a lot of stuff where I would like watch it once or listen to it once and just give it a number and just call it it's whatever. It's just not, it just means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what, how that is, that feeling is, and there's just nothing. There is no value in doing that. There is no, just no value. It's, it's just to like put it on the list and say, oh, I watched this and I listened to this and R&I culture or whatever. But like, no, like, I, I got to a point where it's like I need to, especially once I started going back to some stuff that like I listened to when I was doing like an album a week or an album a day or whatever. And it was stuff that I came back to like a year or two later and was like, wait, no, there was something here. This was actually pretty good. And I just did I've not. I've done that so many. I've <laughs> done that so many times. I know what you mean. Yeah. So I at least wanted to give it a second watch to, to give it a fair shake because I wasn't, you know, I didn't really like it too much on the first watch. Um, but second was even worse. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you know you feel you feel that way. Then there's no yeah. there's no ambiguity. There's no you just know that there's it just wasn't for you. You can't truly really latch on to Fern, and yeah. she just never did anything for you. Yeah. And the last comment, you know, with Frances McDermott getting Best Actress for this again, I haven't she- seen any. She got Best Actress. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I haven't seen any of the other nominees, so I can't really comment on that. But no, how, how do you get how do you get best actress for not even like playing a character? Like I'm actually gonna look this up now because that really that really frustrates me. She should have yeah. zero, but uh, she has two now. And I mean, like, I mean, honestly, she has one and an asterisk because uh, come on, like, there were like four movies made. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, that's funny though because that was one of the things I was thinking about when I was watching it and thinking how it won best picture I was like was this just a really off year for movies like stuff just wasn't really happening because yeah. of um, circumstances I, I certainly thought that and I certainly thought that it was just not she just did nothing just no was, you, could, you could put anybody movie. in that role I feel like anybody could have done that so there was Francis McDormand, Viola Davis, um, Andrew Day, Vanessa Kirby, and Carrie Mulligan. I I would cert- so Andrew Day. I give it to Carrie Mulligan because she's hot. <laughs> I think Andrew Day's the United States versus Billie Holiday. I think I remember seeing some stuff in that, and it looked kind of interesting. Vanessa that sounds good. Kur- yeah, I like I like court movies. I, I think those can turn out to be pretty cool. Like, uh, I like seeing that sort of stuff. I did see uh, a long time ago, like 12 Angry Men, you know, the really old. old oh, is that good? That's on the backlog. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. I like that. I'm going to watch that tonight. That's a, that's a good old style movie. I think there's a lot of films that I won't say have been lost, but are certainly in the trenches of time. From, oh, like, but that's, a, that's like in the IMDb Top 25 or something, though. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't going to watch. They a lot of people they're going to watch that and they're going to feel that they're just not in the same time. The time, you know, the time that their whole scope of of recognition they just don't feel that. You know, they think that movies started in like you know whenever Martin Scorsese started making films. You yeah, know, like the, the mid sixties. Movie was Iron Man. That was the first movie. <laughs> Iron Man one. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Stop talking. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for music, it's the same thing. You know, the beat. Once the Beatles started making music, oh, music is music has been the made. Fact of that. Yeah, exactly. I I cannot even. Oh, uh. Have you seen that like Beatles documentary or whatever? It just came out a little while ago. I, I I just heard it was being made. I didn't. I don't think I saw it. No. I haven't seen it at all, and I'm never gonna watch it. <laughs> oh man, that's just the 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 fellation of the Beatles. Oh, it's gonna be every twenty years for the rest of time, isn't it? <laughs> They're never gonna make anything better than that. It's just that's gonna like, be the constant fellation. The the Beatles are in that same category to me as nirvana where and i'm i'm saying this like i do like nirvana and i don't really care for the beatles but they're in the same category to me where like people talking about how much they like them it just makes my brain shut off i'm like don't you have anything more interesting to talk about than stuff that's already been said by millions of people yeah you gotta dig a little deeper you gotta you gotta find something find something that you know within that sphere of there's so much of that, like sunshine rock, is 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 one like really hastily <laughs> made genre that would describe the Beatles. Sunshine rock and stuff like that. There are so many of those artists that you know the Beatles were not the only people that made music at that time. And of course, right. there were how many not ripoffs, but similar bands that sounded like the Beatles because that became that became the sound. Same mm-hmm. thing for Nirvana. When Nirvana happened, there were so many artists that started making harder sounding stuff. And I can't recall off the top of my head which um, which like act I was listening which rock band I was listening to. That it, Green it was tree. No, there was one <laughs> there was one rock band specifically that was already somewhat popular. It might have been Metallica, actually. I think it was Metallica. Oh, right. So Metallica, you know, we know that. You know, they started off as a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, st- not standard, pretty, very, very tightly in the box of what thrash metal was at the time. And, you know, they were making a lot of a lot of those sorts of albums. They were just making like, you know, Master Puppets, Lightning and, and a couple more beyond that, like self-titled. And then I'm going to look up the years because I'm going to get it wrong if I don't. But there was just a point, and And this is this is to a degree, you know, where the entire circle of like what we call butt rock was made from but, <laughs> but at a certain point and you can point and you can pinpoint it to the mid 90s that once nirvana came and happened everything else got harder sounding the guitars got the guitars got a lot not louder but heavier Just crunchier yeah. yeah crunchier and heavier and perhaps um Perhaps it was the Nirvana. Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters killed rock music. Yeah, the Foo Fighters. I mean, the Foo Fighters too. There, there were certainly one of them that started making all that really crunchy, heavy, fuzzy-ish rock stuff with a lot of harder guitars. But I'm trying to find where I would pinpoint that for Metallica because I know that there's some that I haven't fully listened well, to. I think it might have. I don't think it. I think it was the one before Load because I was going to say it was Load, but I thought it was the one self-titled. It might have been self-titled where I kind of had that thought because like people still would have liked self-titled because it was the first time that they went to that sort of noise. But mm-hmm. then once they kept doing it for another two decades <laughs> that people decided, no, 
So that's my thought. That's my, I think I was listening to some sort of Metallica. It might have just been Answer Sandman, where I had that yeah. thought. Where, you that's know, like the beginning of the 90s. I think that came out in 90s, actually. 90 or 91, maybe. I don't know for sure, but go ahead. But yeah, that was my thought. Uh, that's similar to how when the Beatles happened, all these people started making Sunshine Rock. The Beach Boys in America were doing it at about the same time and a little bit later, and they were the big ones that caught on here. It's the same. It was the same thing for Nirvana. You know, they're in that class where they were the ones that set the bar or set the, you know, what set the, the standard of what people organically liked. And then everyone else started trying to do it. Everyone yeah. else started trying to do it. And, and Metallica was no different. At that point, they were such a big, they were such an unbelievably big act that, of course, they, 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 they would have done it. And they did it for another two decades. So. Yeah, my my only I think the the little bit of the difference there is that uh, Nirvana was sort of my my whole take on them is that they were a thing that was never supposed to happen. And that Kurt Cobain was actually just such a genuinely good songwriter drawing from all these diverse influences. Like, I'm sure you've seen what's actually kind of I think it's kind of weird that his journals have been like published and everything, but. Uh, and part of it, he has like his top 50 albums. And if you look at like all of that, it was this weird mix of like for, for somebody growing up before the Internet was really a thing. Like he had really good taste, actually. Yeah, I uh, bet. I mean, he for someone that the people that always were actually out making the music, they always listened to at least 20 albums before, you know, at least 20 albums for every piece of music that they made. But yeah, go on. Right, right, yeah. Um, Nirvana was sort of a thing where it just was, it was never supposed to take off the way it did. And that was part of why I think he didn't deal with the success that well is because they were never supposed to be successful like that. Yeah. Uh, But Metallica just fucking sold out. Like with with the self-titled, they sold out. And that's why they kept doing that same thing and being that sound for so long is because that's where the money was. Yeah, because their label told them, hey, give us another album. We're going to release it and make, you know, get on all sorts of charts and uh, people are going to love it because your name's Metallica. Yeah. And, and at that point, you know, music, the the industry of music was had such a freaking stranglehold on, on consumers at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, until LimeWire and all the all the downloading came out, like, you know, people spent all sorts of money, which at that point like, was worth way more at that point. It was worth double what it is now. So people would spend, like, the equivalent of today's dollars. Like, what, 30 bucks on an album or more? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's crazy for an album. that, And they couldn't listen to it anywhere else. Unbelievable. So... Those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> I uh, I completely agree with you that Nirvana definitely they set their uh, they set a whole thing in motion. But yeah, for next week I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some suggestions for some docs tonight. Okay. I will listen to that Paranormal album some point in the gym this week. So I am uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good week. I hope it's a better week than last week. Yeah, same here. Are we gonna wrap this one up now. Yeah, this has been uh, this has been the Peach Moonshine Show. Uh, if you are drinking Peach Moonshine around the world, uh, wherever you're listening to from this, uh, congrats! It's a it's a pretty good drink. I'm a I'm a, yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of it. 
and uh, be sure to follow us on Pinterest, uh, follow us on LinkedIn, and uh, follow us on uh, on Bumble. We are we identify as a female on Bumble, so we can we can talk to you first. <laughs> All right, and we will be uh, driving by you next week. Driving by. <laughs> <laughs>